we were talking because I was saying, oh, I wish like we lived longer. It feels like life is so short. Like there's so many things to do, so many places to go, so many lives to live. And then she was saying how like, what if for two years you like threw yourself at something? Hello and welcome to episode number four of the Dode Mode podcast. Today I am interviewing my friend Elijah Meyer, who is an avid traveler, an impressive photographer, and overall just an adventurer. He is kind of a free spirit and an artist, and he has a lot of interesting thoughts to share on all kinds of stuff. So let's jump in and I hope you enjoy this episode. All right, cool. Welcome to the podcast, Elijah. This is episode number four. You're my third interviewee. Um, let's get started with a little intro about yourself and where you're from and what you've been doing. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I am from a little town in Ontario called Mount Forest, and I live in the country with a grew up in the country we had horses and ducks chickens dogs and all different stuff like that I like doing photography and lately I've been trying to learn uh sketching and like watercolor and stuff like that so that's what I've been up to (laughs) that's awesome you're super good at um photography and I've loved watching your new little artwork pieces popping up I might link to your socials and stuff in the show notes so that people can see what some of your uh, your photography. And also for anyone who follows me on social media, some of my uh, best portraits on my stuff are by Elijah, which is pretty awesome. Um, yeah, so tell me about tell me a little bit about your travels thus far because you you're a big travel kind of guy right like I know that's a big passion of yours is getting around so tell me about uh, a couple of the places you've been and maybe we'll start with that yeah so I've been to a few places uh went down to Nicaragua uh when you guys were down there and then I've been to Mexico and also done a little bit of traveling in Canada as Canada as well um, went up to Thunder Bay and I've been to like out east, like uh, PEI, New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, did like the Cabot Trail and stuff. So those are some of the places I've been. Lots of cool stuff out east. No doubt. What would you say is your favorite place you've been to? Ooh, favorite place I've been to. That's hard. Um. I really loved it in Nicaragua. Nicaragua was really peaceful, relaxed, and just surfing and stuff was so much fun. Um, In Mexico, because I did a lot of diving, there is some beautiful spots underwater that are really cool. I'm not sure. It's too hard to say what my favorite would be. Yeah, that's... That's totally fair. So yeah, I just have memories 
of being with you in Nicaragua. And we pretty much lived with no shirt on. We were always in our bathing suits, just getting super tanned, jumping in the water all the time. And you had rented a motorcycle. I had bought one. We were just ripping around, adventuring all the time. Those are those are some pretty good times, eh? Yeah, yeah. Just hopping on the motos and just going places and not knowing where you're really even going is so much fun. Totally. Just finding all those like little paths and trails and beaches and different sites and places to eat and meeting locals. It's so much fun. Yeah, it was such a great experience. And I think it's such a great education as well. You know, like just when you go there, you feel like you're in a movie or something and and you see how other people that is their whole reality right they live that way all the time yeah it's it's interesting because you see stuff online and you know it's real and then seeing it for yourself is a totally different experience like seeing the little shacks and stuff and how they use absolutely everything until it's like totally worn out and seeing the different culture it's yeah it's fascinating totally um so what did you do when you were in mexico because after you left nicaragua you went straight to mexico right and what did you do when you got there arriving in mexico um i met a friend of mine uh timothy and he's actually from Mount Forest. Um, so I've known him most of my life. So uh, that's kind of cool. And he bought a place down in Mexico. But I landed in Cancun. And then he, he with an Uber driver, picked me up. But down there, all the taxi drivers hate Uber drivers. So like, when I arrived, I didn't know this but like he was like the uber driver was like hugging me and they're like oh what's up my friend and stuff and i was like why are we doing this but apparently if he doesn't act like he knows me um like the the taxi drivers will just like come up and smash his window and stuff like that because they hate uber drivers so that was interesting right from the start yeah that was that was interesting and then uh we went to uh, Airbnb. Uh, we stayed in uh, pretty much Airbnbs most of the time until he got his place. He actually got his place uh, when I was down there. Yeah. So then we we left Cancun and went down to uh, Playa de Carmen. And uh, down there, uh, the next day, where I was like, oh, let's look up some dive shops and stuff see what they got here and then i went to a dive shop that looked pretty great and signed up for a dive course and yeah and i learned how to dive that's awesome yeah and that this was all kind of during the all the covid shutdowns and stuff so being back home was relatively boring in that sense like there was not much to do back in Ontario you know so Mm -hmm. um so it was pretty cool that you and I both kind of got to experience some other stuff outside of that right 
Yeah, my experience of COVID and all that is totally different than everybody else's because I was gone during the harshest lockdowns and I was out on a boat diving <laughs> or on the beach or in Nicaragua riding around on a moto or surfing like and then everybody else is like stuck at home in the snow <laughs> yeah 100 percent. so that's awesome can you talk um in a little bit of detail about what the diving course was like and how someone could get into that if they wanted to like that's a bucket list thing for me for sure and i'm sure a lot of other people are totally interested in how that process goes yeah so you can do it different ways um i did my dive course with patty and they are recognized all around the world so like i could dive anywhere uh with the license i have with them so i have uh open water license uh diver and so i can dive in most places uh there's more advanced courses but if you just want to dive every once in a while uh doing what i have it would be just fine so yeah you can do it uh the online part separate or you can do it sort of as you're doing uh the in-person diving stuff i did it during the diving stuff because I didn't have much time. I signed up like the day before the course started where, um, yeah, if you were planning on going somewhere to do it, you're probably easier to like get all the online stuff done. It was funny because I, I was at the dive shop and we we're like, oh, how long does it take to do the online stuff? And he, we're like, does it take like three hours or how long? And he's like, oh, yeah, three hours if you're fast at it. It does not take three hours. It takes a, quite some time. It, it's a decent amount of stuff to do online. So I definitely suggest uh, doing it before you take the course. But yeah, my instructor was really great. She was really friendly. She loved diving. And I, I did a lot of diving with uh, then my instructor, which was really fun. Yeah, just that feeling when you first go in the ocean and go down, it's like, whoa, I'm actually doing this. This is crazy. And seeing the fish and the coral and all that. Yeah. Yeah, so I'd definitely say the online part is the hardest thing. Some people might find learning how to move underwater might be hard, but for me, I found it quite easy. Yeah. Yeah, definitely do it if you're interested in doing it. Cool. Yeah. You've always kind of been a, a water baby, right? Like you got your lifeguarding yeah. uh, certificate or whatever a long time ago. And you've always loved swimming and stuff. I haven't done scuba diving, but I've done a little bit of free diving or like I remember spear fishing a little bit or trying to spear fish and going down there <laughs> and seeing a I remember seeing a big puffer fish just swim by me and it, it wasn't that big but maybe maybe a foot long or something but just coming across something of a substantial size in the water where it's like this thing can swim better than i can swim it's not not really dangerous maybe but just it was 
kind of freaked me out a little bit, you know, was there any feelings of like, did you get nervous or claustrophobic or anything like that on your first goes or afterwards at all? For me, I didn't feel that nervous. I was just like too excited. I was like too excited to be like finally doing this because ever since I was really little, I've always wanted to dive and I've always wanted to go like a coral reef or something. So yeah, I was too excited to be nervous. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. What were some of the coolest things you saw when you were down there? Because you did a lot of dives in a short period of time, right? Yeah, in three or four weeks, I did 34 dives, which is quite a bit. And it hurt afterwards seeing how much it cost. <laughs> but yeah, I did a lot of dives in a short amount of time um i saw all sorts of stuff stingrays octopus uh dip different kind of sea turtles i don't know what this one sea turtle i don't know what kind it was but the head of it was like the size of a basketball it was just massive i was like i did not even know that it got that big it was so huge it was really cool to see that and I saw like uh, lionfish, saw a bunch of those. I already knew this, but I forgot about it when I was down underwater. But the deeper you go, the colors will change and fade. So the lionfish, when I was like, I didn't know they were black and white, but it was just because I was deep underwater that the red turns to black. So like the deeper you go, things look different. So that was neat seeing that uh yeah saw lots of different kinds of eels then when i was in uh cabo i did in gordo banks a dive and we saw some uh hammerhead sharks that was really cool seeing the hammerhead sharks and on like the boat ride out to like the dive site there's just humpback whales like jumping out of the water the entire time and like baby humpback whales like you can see their small tail come up and stuff that was so cool but but i never got to see one underwater but i could hear them underwater that was cool to hear them underwater wow yeah that's crazy yeah it's kind of kind of crazy that for a guy who loves water sports and uh ocean lifestyle all that kind of stuff that that you live in like the most landlocked kind of <laughs> part of yeah. the continent. I mean, Ontario has a lot of water, but it's not the same as the ocean, you know? No. Yeah. I'm definitely going to have to live by the ocean. <laughs> you have to move out somewhere or buy a place or something. Totally. Do you have um, plans for where you see, yourself going with with diving and stuff would you want to try to find some kind of career you mentioned you're into photography and stuff would you do more underwater photography or anything like that yeah i'd love to try that stuff out i don't know if it would turn into a job or not but it would be super fun to end up doing something for like a nature film or even on my own with social media or YouTube or something like 
taking photos underwater or videos or something like that. That would be really cool. Or with nature in general, it doesn't have to be even underwater always too. Right. So tell me a little bit about your time in Eastern Canada and Northern Ontario. Yeah. So we, going up to uh, Thunder Bay, we were visiting some friends and we, we just drove up there in one go, uh, me and my brother, and then some of my younger siblings. Um, and it took us like 16 hours to get up there. So it was a, it was a long day. And we went and saw some waterfalls and cool stuff up there. We saw black bears and uh, baby black bears. That was really cool to see. And my younger sister, she was like, wow, it looks just like the movies. And it's like, yep, <laughs> it's the real thing. Uh, but yeah, seeing the black bears were cool. Saw like uh, like different gray fox. I don't know what the proper name is for them, but it was like a fox that was gray. Um, saw some wolves. That was really cool. And then on the drive down, we split it up into two days. And we stopped at a place, but we like stopped at like every waterfall and look out on the way down and there's some crazy stuff from thunder bay down to uh southern ontario lots of cool waterfalls lots of cool sites and different beaches and stuff like that and then after christmas last year me and my brother and a couple other friends we went out east and we went to uh old quebec old quebec is super cool the city there Lots of artwork and stone buildings and stuff like that. You got to watch out, though, for the sidewalk uh, cleaner guys because they do not stop. They just beep their little horn and look out. Here they come. It was quite funny. And then we went out, did the Cabot Trail. That was super cool. Seeing, going to all like the different beaches and the cliffs and sites and stuff like that. That was really neat. And we went out to Prince Edward Island. One night, we drove like for over an hour to go to a pub. And then we got there after they stopped serving food. So like we were so hungry the whole night. We just went to bed with nothing to eat. <laughs> that was quite disappointing. Oh, no. Yeah. So we like drove all the way there. There is nothing to eat. <laughs> Did they have live music or anything going yeah but it was a show that you had to pay for and we didn't want to pay for the show oh that's and too bad so you know uh stuart mclean right those uh stories and stuff that he's a canadian guy from cape britain island that tells cool funny stories so we went we accidentally like stumbled upon his little town that he grew up in that was cool just because i've listened to the stories as a kid and stuff so that was neat but yeah it was quite disappointing being hungry all night <laughs> yeah totally yeah Stuart McLean is kind of an iconic Canadian storyteller like all his all his stories really speak to sort of the Canadian way of life in a yeah. in a cool way that's really relatable to a lot of people here you know um Cool. Uh, well, tell me a little bit about the the vibe out east. How it's different from 
from Ontario and stuff, what kind of things you guys noticed? Yeah, out east is a lot more relaxed than Ontario. It's a lot of like smaller homes, farms, and like just even going to like the grocery store and stuff. People are more like, oh, how's it going? How's your day been? Where are you from? Like just more people are happier to see other people out there where in Ontario, if you're in a bigger town or something, or even in smaller towns, it's just like nobody says anything when you walk by them on the sidewalk. Everybody's just looking straight forward and they're off doing what they're doing. And it's more, uh, yeah, people are just more interested in people and care about where you're from, what you're doing, how's your day going out there. That's how I feel like. And the land is really cool compared to Ontario because there's a lot of Ontario has Southern Ontario has a lot of cool stuff. Like they have some nice uh, beaches on the lake, but there's a lot of flat land that's just farm fields that are kind of boring where out there it's especially in PEI, it's rolling hills, red dirt, and you got the ocean. And yeah, it's really nice out there. Yeah, that's awesome. I've been to Nova Scotia maybe 10 years ago or something and and it, it was really cool the whole drive out there through the maritimes and stuff and just the whole vibe of being in nova scotia was really nice but i don't i don't remember a ton of it um but i'd love to get out there again sometime where is your mm-hmm. what's your next um your next stop what's the next kind of bucket list location for you uh, for talking about bucket lists, there's so many places I want to go in the bucket. But uh, I'd love to go to Sri Lanka. It's a country that's an island uh, off the coast of India. It looks super cool there. Apparently, it's one of the most biodiverse places in the world. Like It's sort of like an Africa mixed with India all on this one small island because they got like elephants They got leopards, they got monkeys, they got all that stuff. And like it's jungle, they got beaches and they got surfing and they got hills and it's really cool there. It'd be really cool to like spend a month there and travel around in a tuk-tuk because you can rent a tuk-tuk there for like 14 American a day. And that'd be so much fun to travel around with some friends or something just around the island going and seeing all the sites and stopping at like guest homes or hostels and stuff that'd be really cool yeah tuk-tuks are those three-wheelers right the little things yeah you see yeah. in movies and stuff yeah. um, have you ever ridden in one of those no i haven't we have you yeah um I rode in one once or twice in Nicaragua. They had taxis in some of the towns that were oh, nice. Were tuk-tuks. And it was so funny. It's like a little motorcycle engine. And for some reason, it feels way sketchier than a motorcycle. Like, it just feels <laughs> like it's going to fall over or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But those guys just rep in those. They go so fast. So... Sri Lanka what what are some other spots you have your eye on 
let's jump into this bucket I would list always a love bit. the bucket list. Um, the Philippines looks super cool. Philippines is kind of known for like having the world's beautiful, most beautiful beach beaches and stuff. The water there is supposed to be like really clear, bright blue and stuff. Looks really interesting. And then in Vietnam, there's the world's largest cave. And that would be super cool to see the world's largest cave. Because apparently you can fit like New York like skyscrapers inside of it. Like it's massive. It's just a huge cave. I forget the name of it, but that would be such a cool place to go to. And it's like off the beaten track path. Like you can get the hike through the jungle and stuff to go see it and stuff. So that would be super cool to see. I'd always love to go back to Nicaragua in Mexico. Yeah, Nicaragua was something special though. It just has a, I don't know, special feeling, almost like home in a way, just because I was there for so long and I was there with people I knew and that's I learned to surf there and stuff. It's, yeah, special. Nicaragua is really a special place. Totally. I feel kind of the same way. Um, I would love to go back. At first, when I came back to Canada after being in Nicaragua for a little bit, I was kind of ready to sw switch things up a little bit and have some change and stuff but the longer i'm back here the more i would just love to get out in that sunshine and just learn to surf more and just rip around on a motorcycle all day you know did you have any like um sketchy situations in mexico or nicaragua or places where you felt like uh you didn't really know what was happening or Anything like that? Any interactions with local people where there might have been a language barrier or um, anything sketchy or interesting? Yeah, so in Mexico, I, I'm pretty sure on one of the public buses, I got pickpocketed and I lost my phone because I was sitting on the bus and I hopped on the bus with my phone. I'm pretty sure I did. And then when, when we're getting up, off the bus, I stood up and I was like, oh, I don't feel my phone in my pocket. So I like felt my pockets and then I looked down at my seat and like looked under the seat and I was like, oh, it must be in my backpack. But it was not in my backpack. <laughs> and I never saw my phone again. Oh, no. Yeah, so that was disappointing. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, between yeah and that X yeah go ahead yeah and that actually kind of happened to uh the friend I was with down there too he uh had some uh guys bring in uh this is when we we're in Kabul and he got uh uh oven a stove and these guys bring a stove in and after that his phone was just missing <laughs> and gone so <laughs> he offered like hey if you found my phone i'll pay you but like they just never responded wow that's crazy so, yeah we both lost their phones wow so between mexico and nicaragua 
did you have a sense which one felt safer or did either one feel unsafe at all or in certain situations? Um, I'm not sure because in Nicaragua, we were kind of out in the country, but also in a touristy like beach spot, even though it was like, I don't know, 45 minutes, an hour away from like the nearest city where in Nicaragua, or I mean, in Mexico, I was in, uh, I was in cities the whole time. So I think from my experience of Mexico, it was a little bit more sketchy, but that's probably because I was in a city. Like in Mexico, there's a lot more police walking around with like all the big guns and stuff like that. And like, you kind of don't want to go out past 10 o'clock at night just to be safe, right? Where in Nicaragua, where we were, felt a little bit more safe because we were definitely out past 10 and stuff like that, running around on the beach and going to different parties and New Year's party stuff and midnight surfs and things like that. Where I think if I were... I'm not sure what would be safer. I guess from my experience, I'd say Nicaragua might be, but it might be just where I was in Nicaragua. That's totally fair. I also personally kind of feel like safety is so subjective in a way, like as a young guy, yeah. I sort of feel like the world can't hurt me too much. So, um, which might be a little different than like if you had kids or something like that yeah. or whatever, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying too, though. It's totally location yeah, dependent. Like, even in Mexico, even though I did lose my phone and my friend lost his phone, it was like, I didn't care that much. Losing your phone isn't really a safety issue. It's just sort of like, Oh, they're all poor and they probably almost need it more than I do <laughs> in a way because it's easier for me to get another phone or something compared to them where they're only getting like seven to 10 bucks a day. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 You just, you don't, you, you don't really view it as a terrible thing where if in Canada, somebody stole your phone, you'd be like, what is their problem? Like, why that doesn't make any sense we're down there it's just like oh well totally totally that makes sense cool well we're gonna draw to a close pretty soon um all right just trying to think what else uh oh go into talk about your art a little bit what inspired you getting into sketching and drawing it was actually being at your uh, your guy's place um and i was talking to your uh mother and uh we were talking because i was saying oh i wish like we lived longer it feels like life is so short like there's so many things to do so many places to go so many lives to live and then she was saying how like what if for two years you like threw yourself at something and for those two years you 
decided, I don't know, whatever it's going to be, I'm going to become a professional rock climber. And then the two years after that, you're like, I'm going to be a professional mountain biker or artist or anything. And it doesn't even have to be two years. You could do it for six months. You could do something for even three months or a year, or you could do it for longer if you love it. But just because you're good at something doesn't mean you have to stick with that your whole life. And I feel like in our culture, people like get the job that they're good at and then they do that until they retire or die. And it's like, there's so many different things you could be doing. Like you could be constantly switching up what you're doing and going to new places and doing new things and learning new things and living all sorts of different experiences and different lives all in the same life. So that's sort of what made me sit down and be like, Oh, I'm going to try drawing. <laughs> cool. Yeah. That's incredible. And I'm sure you're probably already seeing differences from when you started to now and uh, let alone what it's going to be if you stick with it for a while, you know, that's awesome. Yeah. That was just my thought. I was like, well, if I just sit down and, draw something once a day even if it's not even that great if i do it every day i'll eventually be somewhat good at it and so that's what i'm doing right now just taking some time out of the day to just draw something once a day that's super cool um i totally know what you're talking about uh regarding like kind of the paralysis of having so many options for what you could possibly do with your life. And then because there's so many options, it's hard to pick something because you feel like mm -hmm. you'll miss out on everything else. Yeah. So I think that's super awesome that you're going ahead and picking one little thing for now just to work on, just like your photography, right? You, mm -hmm. you did that consistently for a while and look at your photos right they're yeah they're professional type photos of nature and people and landscapes and all that kind of stuff so i think that's awesome that's super inspiring mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's there's so many things you can do in your life it's sad to see some people that are just doing one thing for their whole life it's like there's so many things even if you just take a small part of your day and just do something different and practice one thing you, who knows where it could lead right absolutely cool thank you for those last thoughts there elijah that's super inspiring um yeah i just want to again say thank you so much for jumping on the podcast it's been a pleasure chatting with you yeah thanks and uh i'll get you on here again in the future sometime yeah after i've done something else that's cool or epic uh totally let you know how it goes yeah i'm sure it won't be too long before you get get some other crazy adventure under your belt eh yeah totally all right thanks so much elijah we'll talk to you soon yep all right see you love. later bye dude thanks so much for joining me on the fourth episode of the dode mode podcast it was a pleasure having elijah on the show and i hope you guys enjoyed this conversation as much as i did 
thanks again to Elijah for coming on the show, and thanks to my brother Duke for the great tunes for the intro and outro, and I will hope to see you guys on the next one. Peace and love. Bye.